Welcome to The Real 7 Show. As always, this podcast will be completely raw, unfiltered, and uncensored. Today I sit down and talk with Danielle Haidt. Danielle is a Canadian actress and a candidate for the New Blue Party of Ontario. She is also an active part of the sovereign community. This is going to be a long-awaited podcast for so many of you who watch my content where I go over maritime admiralty law and how you are just a corporation in the eyes of the system. Fortunately, today I have Danielle on to go over all of this with you and the process of which to become a sovereign citizen yourself. So if this is something that you'd like to listen to, then buckle up. Because here we go. Danielle Haidt. Uh, what I do is kind of a multitude of things. I, I come from film and TV and prior to that being an entrepreneur, uh, marketing, branding, web development stuff. Um, so I, I'm kind of like I range. I had a restaurant. I, like I've done I've done a little too much of a lot of things. So. Mm. And you're you're currently an actor, I believe. Yes. So I'm I'm in both ACTRA, which is the Actors Union, as well as in IATSE, so the crew side as well. So I do electric. So I basically, I light up stuff. I light up spaceships and solder hmm. LEDs and stuff like that for film and TV. Hmm. So for those that don't know, which is probably everybody listening, um, you and I had kind of had a brief interaction with regards to the actor strike. So I wanted to kind of ask you what that's about, um, you know, what you think about it and kind of where that's going. Um, to be fair, it's it's uh, it is it is the American Actors Union who's, who's sure. striking. Um, and obviously the writer strike started this. And so there's um, there's kind of a, it's kind of a multitude of just a bunch of different facets coming together and landing on these producers. Like it's, they're all fighting against the producers. So it's landing on their doorstep all at once. Mm. Uh, so like the nitty gritty, the details, I'm not a hundred percent on everything. I can only speak to the things that I do know. Um, mostly it's about fair wages for what we do as entertainers. So it's just a matter of, um, you know, making sure that we're not giving ourselves away for nothing anymore um don't get me wrong there's some very well-paid actors but that's such a small percentage of the acting community that it's it's almost yeah it's it's like saying oh well there's tons of ceos so everyone's rich that's not exactly mm. how it works you know what i mean mm -hmm. so the problem that they're having is is just a a pay thing or does this have to do at all with uh because there's a lot now <clears throat> that's being added into it uh, with the whole concept of AI. Um, I heard that there was, uh, you know, that's that's now whether it became an issue when they started or if it was something that was kind of just added on to the snowball um, later on, which that's kind of what I gather is that it was kind of added on after the fact as, as you know, a major concern. Um, what do you see being a concern with, with AI with regards to actors? So it is, it, I do believe as well, it kind of got snowballed into the whole thing. Uh, 
AI has, because everything, everything is heading in the direction with using AI, um, there is, so it started off with background performers. And so they were talking about, okay, well, we'll pay you for a day's work, but then we own your likeness. We own your, we own, mm. you know, a scan of you. And um, it's in, in the acting world, that's almost never really done. So there are certain contracts and stuff that you do, you know, get involved with that say like, hey, for this amount of time, we, you know, we can use whatever clip you've done and wherever you've been, we're going to use that stuff. Um, some of it is like you do bios and stuff. So some of it you just sign off on and they, they do it, but it's only really limited to what you've done on, on screen as an actor. So that's, that's essentially, you know, the maximum that they've usually taken again, unless you're an A-list celebrity and then they go off and, sure. you know, make dolls of you or things like that. Like that's a bit of a different story, but I'm talking just a normal, normal acting situation. It's usually they pay you for that time that you're on the set and they can use whatever footage they've taken from that. So now with this idea of scanning and, and taking on, you know, taking this person's likeness and using it for anything they choose, using it for, you know, for as long as they choose, it's, um, it's a little disheartening. It's a little sad. It's, you know, there, mm -hmm. there are some people who will gladly do that for, you know, for a thousand dollars or whatever, they'll be like, yeah, sure. Here you go. They don't realize that, you know, we essentially as actors, we are the product and you're giving yourself away. So it's, it's kind of one of those, it's a weird position to be in. Um, I am obviously dead set against that, especially because I started my career with background. That was my, that was my mm. thing. I love background. I still will go on background, <laughs> like just, just take a couple background days. Cause uh, it's, it's fun. It's enjoyable for me. Sure. And so to have that, you know, be like, oh yeah, once you do one day, we could just own you. It's like, no, we, you know, that's not, that's not a good thing. <laughs> so what you're saying is they give you like an initial buyout um, to do all of the, actually, I, I guess before we get into that, what is this whole scanning process that you speak of? Um. So, okay. So there's, I, I'm again, I'm not, a tech person on the side of the effects sure. or on the side of AI. So I don't fully understand a lot of the, you know, real elements on how the process works aside from, again, you know, I've taken, I've done scans when I worked on uh, Star Trek, Star Trek discovery, they mm. had to, you know, VR, uh, yeah. Like what do you call it? The VFX our bodies to like be blown out to space. Right. So that's all CGI special effects stuff. So that, that part, I stood in like this little circle thing and they just took like a 360 thing of my body. And mm. again, though, limited to, to specifically that scene, specifically that time, you know, if I had known, oh, they're going to store this and just use it wherever they want, whenever I would have right. definitely been against. And if we ever found out that that was the case, we could have obviously sued for that because mm. it was, it was without, um, you know, there, there was a form of limitation on what they can do. So if they had gone and done something different, we could have taken action. Right, right. Yeah. So now this one's saying with the whether it's the same type of scanning, you know, with the VFX and you stand in a tube and everything looks weird for a minute, um, whether it's the same thing or something a little more intricate, um, I can't talk in those kind of details, but essentially it seems like it's the same thing. They basically just take who you are, how you speak, you know, how you smile, like your, your likeness 
and they'll just AI that to say and do whatever, you know, whatever they choose. I'm sure you've heard of deep fakes. Mm. Everybody's oh, yeah. heard of deep fakes. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just wasn't sure how the process is kind of, uh, you know, behind the scenes or like for the actors when it comes to deep fakes and shit like that. I mean, if you don't know how deep fake is being used and how it's been used, especially when it comes to politics, well, mainstream, you know, federal level politics for many, many years, it's been a quite a problem. And the fact that people don't see it is is pretty interesting. It's like, just look at the ears, right? <laughs> like they, they don't lie. But um, so. I kind of want to branch this conversation a little bit into like the AI world. Now, if it's becoming that big of a problem where they can just kind of take your likeness and I assume they would kind of study your mannerisms even and kind of be able to, you know, include that and and kind of steal who you are. So somebody would, I guess, agree to taking an initial buyout. They would get the scan and now the um, company would be able to use that character in whether it be background or I guess main acting and they would be able to just create your character and and you don't get any royalties from that every time it's filmed like they would just buy you out the one time yes yeah, so that's that's the the pitch but it's only specified right now currently to background acting there's no a-list celebrity who's going to sign off on something like that that's that right. would yeah. be suicide it's, it's career suicide so it's they're trying to kind of do like this like the low-hanging fruit and be like oh well you know Sally, she goes to set every day to do background. We can just take her. And some people will do this. And that's the scary part is they won't necessarily recognize that, you know, they're going to be essentially starting the snowball effect of mm. a race to the bottom for our industry. So yeah. I'm sure they're going to start off with non-union actors. I'm sure that's how it's going to go. But I'm union. And most people, like the reason they're on strike <laughs> is because they are union. So they're saying like, hey, like it's, this is not protecting our members. So yeah, it could be mm. a big mess. Yeah. So the, the theory, well, one of the theories, and I love theories because you can just kind of, um, you know, bring them to a group of people, especially when it's something that's not completely out of the realm of possibility and just bounce it off the, dude, the, the internet, there's so many people in so many places. And while there's a lot of bullshit, um, it's a good way to really, identify all the players in the room right and i love to do that shit to post something that's almost um slightly sensationalist to kind of bring the eyes to it and then hope to fuck people know how to read the caption still and let them know like look man <clears throat> this is a giant if but Right. We all know that all these celebrities do. I mean, let's be honest, you can find celebrity porn that celebrities have never done. Right. That was a huge thing forever. And uh, actors were, you know, they had a big problem with that about a decade ago where online they were like, yo, why is my face turning up on a video that and that's like when deep fake started. So when people yeah. caught on to this over the last like two years, it's like, no, no, guys, like I remember being in high school hearing about these A-list actors pissed that their face was, you know, looking like it was in a porn scene. And so I guess that's more so why that post is like, ah, gotcha. So they could have things like this of them doing horrific things that they've never done. Now, regardless whether it's correlated to the strike or not, I mean, who knows? Like what we're what we're really starting to see is that there's always an underbelly to every single issue. And whenever they need a distraction, they'll give you one. And it's like it's it's a very cool thought. 
um, with the AI thing. So what do you think about that, the the, the concept of celebrities having, um, you know, a scapegoat with AI now to say, oh, that wasn't me. Like, that was AI. What do you think about that whole scenario? So uh, personally, I do. I do think that they can now have a scapegoat, but at the same time, technically, they probably already had a scapegoat just by saying CGI. Mm. So it's to me, it might not be um, like the technology might be better to distinguish if it's a CGI versus AI versus whatever or versus the real thing. Um, And that's where I we did discuss in our personal conversation talking Mm -hmm. about cyber forensics and things like that so making sure like there's a you know digital digital forensic investigator and understanding what they're looking for in the codes and um i say that you know flippantly but in whatever you know however they work in their technological ways there's some kind of way sure um but it's going to be like completely destroying the gap between Mm. what really is real what is cgi what is ai they're this next step is to be like shrinking that gap so that even, you know, digital forensic people couldn't really figure that out right away. Or it would take a lot more work, a lot more technology to dive deeper into it. So celebrities, if they're involved in shady stuff, which there are, there are hands down, we're not dumb. There are 100% are shady celebrities, you know, just like there are shady politicians. There's, Mm -hmm. there are shady people in this world. And so Having that as a scapegoat, I think, you know, they maybe it's their arrogance that might be the downfall for it. But at the same time, sure. I, I think that they're probably going to still use, you know, whether AI happened or not, they could still use a plethora of excuses to to get away with their horrible yeah. shady stuff. Like what just happened with Hunter Biden? It's like, OK, so cool. <laughs> but whether it's cocaine in the White House and no one's investigator, whether it's his laptop yeah. and underage girls and all this other horrible stuff, no one's investigating. And if they do investigate, it's one of those pat on the, you know, slap on the wrist things where they're just like, oh, it's OK. Or it's not really him or don't worry about it. Look over here. That's, yeah. you know, this is what our society's kind of come to is this form of, you know, idiocracy like that movie. I loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of come to this. Hey, distract, deter, and you know, and move on to the next thing. So, yeah, they're mm-hmm. gonna get away with it. I, I don't want to say that like you know, feeling defeated, like horrible people are gonna get away with horrible things. But in some sense of the word, they know the ins and outs of this game. They know how to you know how to manipulate and get away with that. And use the media and social media to their mm-hmm. advantage. Yeah, of course. I mean. I don't think it's defeatist at all. I think that that's just looking at what the fuck has happened forever. If you're part of the big club, you're essentially untouchable until they need to throw you to the wolves. I mean, I'm actually waiting for the next, I think it's what, uh, either next year or the year after. Um, there was a song, I believe, called I'm Upset by Drake. And in that song, he uh, he specifically says, I have seven more years of doing what I want. So I'm very curious as to see because the humiliation has started where now he's wearing dog masks outside and, you know, people are are painting the fingernails. So the humiliation rituals have started. So I'm like, okay, like you're getting close to that seven years now. So I'm just very curious to watch his downfall because it seems like everyone just forgets when people say this shit and think like, oh, he's just a great artist. I'm like, nah, man, like these people are part of the big club. And when you're part of the big club, you can do whatever you want. And now with AI and CGI and all that, man, it's going to turn into just that where you can say whatever you want and it's gotten to the point where 
I joined the this uh this Telegram group because I don't know how you feel about Trump, but uh I think that his supporters are are in the biggest cult that I've ever seen. Like they're just they're not willing to accept that this man could be anything less than a god. And it's it's very odd to me uh that people just lose their entire sense of discernment when it comes to one individual simply because of how you feel about him. So I joined this group and and they're they're talking about oh messages from you know Donald Trump and he's saying this shit that's like really it's pandering to the quote unquote freedom people or the patriots you know what I mean and it's not even him like you can so clearly see the mouth is is clearly CGI and like it's it's a deep fake video it's it's not real but these people are buying it wholesale so can you imagine how effective of a tool this is going to be like here on in, like they're just going to be able to not only frame these celebrities to do whatever they need them to do, because well, now I can make it seem like you've done something that you haven't, but also just how they're kind of able to create a savior. It yeah. is, isn't it odd? Like what is, what's happening to the human psyche now? Like it's, it is, it is. And, and to be frank, so I usually I don't usually get involved with American politics. Um, there is a, a cult like following. I am not pro or anti any of them. Um, I, I would actually no. I beg to differ. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is definitely. A, I'm an anti. So I'll, I'll be straight <laughs> up with that one. Um, but you know, even even in the realm like the realm of politics, people aren't understanding like it's a threefold agenda here. So whether it's Hollywood whether it's politics or whether it's, um, wait, I just, uh, hang on, celebrity. So Hollywood politics, I, I'm drawing a blank on that last one. I just had it three seconds ago. Um, probably be government. Oh, or the media. Anyway. Thank you. Sorry. Ah, gotcha. so it's, whether it's Hollywood, the media or politics, they're all in like interconnected to such mm. a degree that it's, it is it is on the human psyche it is 1000 percent directed you know there there's a war for our minds there's a war it's you know everyone is worried about this world war three and oh what about this war and that war and what if we bomb this or do that it has been a war on the psyche for a minimum of 200 years mm -hmm. so this stuff this you know because people will be like oh it happened since 9 11 or it happened since COVID, or it happens and i'm like no no this whole agenda to integrate these three things to become such a, a powerful tool onto our minds as human beings has happened from 200 years ago, minimum. And so it's it's been nothing but these kind of slow, progressive steps. You know, the people who have implemented these plans, like, again, I'm not I'm not going to you know name any names and say, like, oh, you know, we all know who runs the world. We do, frankly, at the at the core of who we are as human beings, we know that there are people who are elite, who are, you know, taking control of yeah. the show. And um, we know that those those three kind of like facets of our everyday experience, those three facets do subconsciously integrate into, you know, how we perceive reality, how we perceive the world. And so, you know, whether because when I say Holly weird, I'm also talking sports. Sports is the whole, you know, uh, bread and circuses, you know, give the masses this distraction. Um, mm -hmm. Not saying like sports are cool. Great. Cool. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to crap on anything. I'm just trying to tell you, like, there's all these, you know, facets that are interconnected to make us think a certain way.
it's programming. Mm-hmm. And and as for the the two hundred years, so it mainly became a part in the West uh, in the mid eighteen hundreds is when they basically just took the Constitution um, of America first and and they rewrote it. Uh, so you're no longer it's no longer the you know the United States now it's just labeled as the United States of America, and there's 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 two different facets of law. And that's that's really when the whole like maritime admiralty law started to come into play. And they started to say, no, 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 no. Like you guys are all just corporations, right? You're just corpse corporations. And, and you're, you're basically just sold on the stock market a shitload. And we're going to make a ton of money off you. We're going to give you this birth certificate in all capitals and create you, create your, you know, your entity and your place here. And that's why they stamped the sole of the foot, not the sole of the foot, your soul, right? And your foot is the first right angle off the ground. So they, you know, they really hit your legal standing right off the fucking bat. I love um, that you know this stuff. This is brilliant. Sorry. I just, I get all excited and nerdy for this kind of stuff. So <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. I, I mean, I feel like it's part of, you know, truly understanding what's going on in the world. I mean, you, you, you can't claim to know who runs the world and not know anything about how they run it. Um, because as far as you can trace it back, as far as I'm concerned, I've checked off every box and every angle of all ancient studies and, and where these people come from and religious origins and all that. Cause religion is a religion is a huge part, part. of, of the agenda. And, and, and I want to attack on, oh, I was just going to say, it's not just a, a form of Christianity or a form of Islam or a form of whatever there is because most people dismiss Satanism as a religion. And it truly is a religion. Mm-hmm. The occult is a religion. So whether it had, you know, pagan grounds or however it started, it is still classified when we talk about religion being a huge part of it. That is, you know, in the same category as what you'd say is Christian or, or Muslim or whatever. So, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mm-hmm. mean to interrupt. No, it's it, that that's perfect. Cause I think we need to start diving down these rabbit holes. Now. I think that uh, people are willing to listen to more than they ever have at this point in time. Um, I think they realize that if a lie is going to be sold to you as truth, it's gotta be really fucking big. And that's what they saw over the last three years. Like you can't sell people a, a small lie. It needs to be astronomical. Dude, they convinced you that a cold was going to fucking kill you, your grandmother and everyone around you. Right. But that that's the lie. Right. It's it's something so so insane. But when it's told to you enough, you know, the, the typical mind of people is like, well, now all of a sudden this is truth and it's so far from truth. But that all starts from you going backward. And you need to really look at who's who and you need to take things like, you know, the symbol of a red cross. Like, where did that come from? And then you realize like, holy shit, right? These people still exist today. And then there were the Knights Templar and then from the Templar. And you just start really going back and you can go back, you know, further than that to, you know, ancient Egypt and realize that these guys are all just they're called Setian Antonis. That's who these cults are, right? They're just fucking Seth worshiping, you know, it, is it sun worship? Kind of. I would argue that Christianity is more sun worship <laughs> if, if you really want to get into it. Uh, but all of them were right. They all had a basis. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Yorko. All of us know how important our health is and Yorko has your health as its top priority. From white pine tincture to give you that daily dose of high quality vitamin C and boost the immune system to all natural healing salves and soaps for day to day use. Everything is all natural, handcrafted and 100% all Canadian with zero harmful ingredients. 
We all know almost all store-bought products and over-the-counter medications are causing a world of problems for us and our families. So keep you and your family safe with all-natural herbal remedies from Yorko. Visit www.realyorko.com and enter the discount code 7SHOW for 10% off your purchase. That's www.realyorko.com and enter the discount code 7SHOW for 10% off of your purchase. Now back to the pod back then in worshiping things that were relevant and the things that were there's two things that were relevant right and and i'm about to burst a lot of bubbles right now for the people who hear this the reason that there is a sun and the sun is good and the darkness is evil it's it's very simple is well back then when you walk through the desert well what would happen in the daytime all the animals would go away you wouldn't have to worry about it but you start crossing the desert in the nighttime while well, all of these, you know, fanged four-legged things are running around and killing people and snatching you from your group, right? So it's like, oh, my God, nighttime evil. Like, it really isn't that hard to kind of understand. It was the same with pork. Don't eat pork. Well, do you know why? Because if you don't por- cook pork to 150 degrees, there's still parasites in it. It could possibly harm you. But it was like this big religious thing. Like, no, it just stems back to common knowledge of well, you didn't cook this enough and people would fucking die because it, you know what I mean? So it was yeah. claimed evil, right? So I think that bringing things like that back to people and just explaining the origins of things and saying, look, man, I don't think it's that serious. Like, I think that that book that you're reading has a lot more to tell you just on how you perceive what you're reading and not so much what you're reading. So this ties perfectly into one of the main topics that I get into, but I don't have enough experience on the real life side of how to implement it. And that would be the quote unquote free man conversation. So um, maybe give a little bit of background into your story on that. And then we'll really dive into this for people. Yeah. So uh, I became, do you want to call it the free man on the land or the world free man society or a sovereign there's, there's a multitude of facets, right? And it all really stems down mm-hmm. to, you know, understanding law and legalese and understanding you as a human being and the right you have. Um, so what, what, is, what is legalese? Sorry. So legalese is essentially, uh, if I have to like make it for layman's terms, it's essentially like a specific language that's used in the legal realm that sounds like English but isn't necessarily English. Right. So there's, there are things that, um, you know, you call it like lawyer talk or whatever, you know, a lot Mm -hmm. of people refer to it as, Oh, that's just legal mumbo jumbo. And it's like, Whoa, hold on. Like there are reasons why they use these things. There are reasons for, yeah, (laughs) you're already giggling. You're like, you already know this. Um, Maybe not all of your listeners do Uh, something like black's law dictionary. So Black's Law Dictionary is a pretty important piece for understanding legalese and how things that sound like English, they seem like, oh, you know, that has its origins in Latin and blah, blah, blah. This is why they use it. But it's not actually what it's like, what it's seeming to be. So the definition of person is not a humanoid being that's, you know what I mean? Like it's it's not what that is. There is definition and that's what I'm trying to, I, I don't want to go into like mm-hmm. every other definition in it, but Black's Law Dictionary would be a really important book to just skim through just, you know, so that you understand that there are, you know, things that have that, you know, that different definition that you is not a, you know, quote unquote, normal definition mm-hmm. that you find in a Webster's Dictionary. 
So <laughs> yeah, um, but the Freeman thing, uh, I'll tell you a bit about my experience with it. I joined back in around 2008. Um, I found a man named Robert Bernard. So he is the founder of the Canadian World Freeman Society. So he is the founder. Um, he's a brilliant man. Absolutely brilliant man. Uh, I still talk to him to this day. Um, love the dude to death. He he knows things that it would just it would destroy most people listening to the it would it, unless they're already there. It would destroy everything they've ever possibly thought about the Canadian legal system and law in general across the world. Um, but from from what I had to do from it, I you know I signed up. I, I signed up. That sounds so clinical about it. Um, I researched for almost two years before I decided to take the next step and send off what's called my notice of understanding and intent and my claim of right. So it wasn't something that just happened overnight. And I'm just like, yeah, sure. Here you go. You know, I'm, I'm a free man. Bye. It wasn't that it was a lot of, a lot of figuring things out and how is it going to affect my life on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. um, you know, cause most people go, Oh, you just at the time, pot wasn't legal. Not that I did pot back then. I, I didn't. So, but people would say things like, oh, you just want to smoke pot or own guns or, you know what I mean? And I'm like, or not pay taxes. That was a big deal for a lot of people. They go, you just don't want to pay taxes. And I was like, no, that is like, that is like the furthest thing from the reason why I specifically sought out this movement. Um, it, it resonated with me on every level of who I am when I started researching it, because I, I was a nerd, you know, most of my life, um, I used to carry a road, uh, carry around a, a pocketbook version of the criminal code of Canada. Um, I used to, yeah, I used to like quote law to like teachers and things that and they'd be like, what are you like? And I'd be like, well, it says, you know, not specifically like criminal law, but I'm saying like, there'd be things that I'd be like, Hey, you know, can't do this. Can't do like, anyway, I was that kind of nerd. And so when I came around to, to kind of deciding like, okay, at one point I wanted to potentially be a police officer. My brother's RCMP, my brother is a police officer. Um, but I kind of, you know, wanted to kind of follow in his footsteps because I love law and I love people and I wanted to kind of be involved in that sense. Um, well, obviously I'm not a, a police officer. There's a whole thing of reasons why I didn't do that. Um, but it got me really kind of like looking at what law really does on a daily basis to our regular lives. And that kind of led me into that free man thing. Cause I was like, when you can only go so far in, you know, for us, upper Canada law society, you can only go so far in understanding certain aspects of law before you start mm. questioning the foundation and you start questioning, wait a minute. So who, who did start, like, how did this uh, actually work? How, you know, where did this really stem from? And then again, right. maritime admiralty law, you get back into that kind of stuff. And then you start going bigger picture. You start going, who, who really am I in this whole thing? And, and what really does it mean to be existing in the geographical landmass known as Canada? And, you know, and what does that really, you know, because again, there's, there's free men all over the world, but specifically it hit me when I was like really kind of going through this, the shift of do, do I trust the government? No, I don't like there's, so I started questioning every type of authority that was, you know, presented to me, not rudely, not, you know, not just like, F them, blah, blah, blah. Not like that. More of a curiosity, genuine curiosity. And that that helped kind of facilitate 
my study of law and my study and understanding of, of the free man movement. So I dove right in after two years. Again, I didn't dive right in. I, I took two years, but I, I did eventually, you know, take that leap and send off my notice of understanding intent, my claim of right. Uh, to which I, I think a lot of people have misconceptions about what it means because mm-hmm. there's, there is an ounce of, um, there's a bit of fear for a lot of people that, okay, well, if that, if you do that, you know, then you're not going to be, you, you can't have any access to a hospital. You can't have, you know, like if you get pulled over by a cop, you're going to immediately be arrested. If you're, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of misconceptions because there's mm-hmm. a lot of stupid people who put videos <laughs> out online. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. People say and do really stupid things. And this is one of the reasons why, as a free man, you need to know what you're talking about and not just spout a whole bunch of crap that you've overheard from somebody saying, like, you need to have pretty important conversations. And I've always said this, my my whole family knows it, my all my friends know it. I've always said, law doesn't necessarily pertain to the exact moment that you're in some type of uh, situation. Law has more to do with what happens after the fact than right. it does when you're in it. So whatever, because most people, they think that they can fight their way out of something while they're in it. It's like, no, that's not the point. Because police officers, for example, police officers are essentially policy enforcers. But they're they're living their life, doing their job, you know, thinking like, okay, well, you know, I there's a random crazy person talking to me about yeah. legal stuff that I know nothing about. I have to arrest this person because they did X, Y, Z. That X, Y, Z as a free man doesn't necessarily pertain to you. You know, I'm, again, I'm, I'm trying to make it like it's still vague to sure. say yeah, yeah. it's a speeding ticket or whatever. If you're traveling in your personal convenience, whatever it is that X, Y, Z doesn't necessarily pertain to you. But in that moment, you can't ask a police officer to become a lawyer or a judge or whatever. You know what I'm saying? They have their set work, like their their parameters that they work in. And it's all about being, you know, like being open to communication. Don't be disrespectful and rude. Most people, if you watch these videos and the ones who do get arrested and stuff, they're usually being turds. And that's that's not like, I don't want to put my name on something like that. I don't want to put my, you know, oh yeah, I'm a free man too, because these people are acting fools. Like that's not how I want to work. So being understanding that these these specific people that you're encountering, they're doing their jobs. So what happens after the fact, that legal stuff that happens after the fact is the most important. So, yeah, you might not, you know, if, if you are a free man, you don't necessarily have a quote unquote driver's license to hand over to this cop. Do you think it's going to escalate the situation, though, if you're sitting there going, well, you, you fascist and blah, blah, like. Of course, like you're going to be arrested. Don't be stupid. Um, But instead, you know, you can explain, hey, this is who I am. This, you know, pull out your notice of understanding your intent, your claim of right. You know, you can say like, this is this is a free man thing. And some officers over the years I've experienced, some of these officers have heard about us. Not in a great way. Um, They've heard about us being essentially, I I don't know if I can say that word. I don't want to get to blocked or banned, but essentially terrorists. They call us paper terrorists. Um, and it's sad because I know who I am as a person. I, you know, I, I love Canada. I love being in this country. I'm not sitting there to looking to terrorize people sure. with, with my understanding of law. I don't want to say with, you know, oh, because I'm a free man. With my understanding of law, um, 
you know, the years of research I put into this, I know that in the in the long run, whatever, you know, again, whatever conflict or I shouldn't say conflict, but whatever thing is happening in this situation, that I know I'll be safe in that mm. way, that I'll be protected in that way because I understand law. Whereas right. again, these people are fighting in the moment, you're only gonna make things worse, exacerbate the situation yeah. and, yeah. and come off like idiots. And essentially, dare say they might be actually entering through the back door right back into society and that's what people don't understand it's like how you know you as a free man you need to be so cautious of the things you say and what you do you have to be so cautious because you literally can slip right back to being under their authority and you mm. wouldn't even you know you wouldn't even clue into it till it's way too late and then judges say oh yeah you're going to jail and it's like wait what because you're you know you're kind of you're not doing a service to understanding <laughs> your repeated nonsense that you heard off somebody else's YouTube video and whatever. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. YouTube's great. I'm sure there's plenty of resources, but I'm saying you still have to do that research yourself. You still have right. to fully grasp and understand legalese and law and how this stuff works. So you can't just be a cop out and be like, even with Robert Bernard, like I love Robert. I'm not going to sit there and be like, Robert, um, there's a police officer here beside me. I need to know this stuff. You can't just expect right. to call somebody. Like I personally probably could call Robert, but I again, I don't put that on anyone else. I understand mm. it, so I need to stand up and and again say as little as possible, but at least say the right things when you do talk. So sorry, I've been rambling. Anyway, um, no, no, th th I think this is the the rant that people need to hear though, because I can only educate people on. Look, end of the day, etymology is kind of where I stumbled upon that. And it's just like the English is a, a Germanic coded language and decoding it has led me into 18 years of study of of who we are, why we're here. And then in turn, bringing me to do work on myself as the the masculine and, and figuring out my role and how to kind of project that onto society and teach young men how to become proper men not this red pill fucking fresh and fit you know not that kind of you know real men that that contribute to the the divine feminine in, in a positive manner that kind of makes society work correctly um so that's kind of where i stumbled upon it and and i have some knowledge on you know i've listened to a lot of jordan maxwell michael tessarian santos bonacci and all this shit and just kind of picked it up and it was really interesting and sure, I know how to explain that, but I don't know the inner workings of how, because a lot of people say, okay, cool. Now, how do I implement it? And I have to, you know, swallow my pride and tell them all the time, look, man, that's not my realm of expertise. So I think we need to just continue to let you speak in because you have real world experience in this. And there's so many people who who that's exactly what they want. So with everything you just said, what are the... Uh, why would someone become a free man and 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 what are the quote unquote benefits and and I guess downfalls to doing that? Okay, so uh, fair enough, we'll be straight up. Why they would become a free man is usually going to be self-led freedom. That's what it comes down to. It is more um, it is almost, I should say, not more, but it is almost symbolic to do this, to be through this process, not only from the stuff you learn, but also mm. implementing it is. Um, so I, I was going to mention a quick story here about uh, Canada revenue. So when I came, some of this won't make sense to everybody, but those who are on this track might understand it. Um, when I came quote unquote back to society, I used my straw man. So I'm quote unquote back to society again, straw, like anyway, 
well, I'll leave that story for, or leave that part for another time. But when I came back, uh, I called up Canada Revenue because I was opening a restaurant and my business partner at the time didn't fully understand the free man thing. And he left me to the very last minute to tell me he's not going to do that. And I was like, you don't need to do anything. He just did not understand. I was like, all right, this was my, you know, my blood, sweat and tears thing. I was like, I need this restaurant to be open. So I came back to society, which again, it never, it never actually discounts being a free man. my, My free man status will always supersede anything underneath it. So that's, mm. again, a whole other aspect of it. But um, those who are researching it, they might understand that part. So when I came back, I called up Canada Revenue and I was like, hey, um, like, can I, at first they thought I was insane. I was like, <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm coming back to society. Um, what do I need? Like, what what do you guys need from me? You know, what what would you like me to do? And the first like three people I talked to thought I was completely insane. And I'm like, that's fair. Like, yeah, you guys probably never heard of this. Like what, you know, what is this random person talking about being, you know, being away from society, but not leaving Canada and not being, you know what I mean? Like they were confused. And until I finally hit someone like a supervisor of a, you know, supervisor of a supervisor kind of thing. And they go, oh yeah. Okay. And I was like, so, you know, you know what this is. And they were like, yeah, we have an understanding of it. And so they, they said, they were like, okay, so let me just check. And they did their little typey typey thingy. And they said, yeah, they said, you were essentially a ghost for five years. And so for me, my biggest win, quote unquote, my win was to know that they are not going to ask me for back taxes. Cause that would essentially just mean, oh, you just didn't file your, you know what I mean? You're still part of us. You just right. didn't file. Right. right. And they did not ask. And I specifically said, you're not going to ask me to file back taxes, right? Because I was not part of this society. And they said, nope, you're a ghost. And I was like, good, done, magic. <laughs> I was like, that was hmm. my win. I was like, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't have to deal with any of that nonsense because they did understand the legal, you know, the legal situation at hand that I wasn't with this society. So it, that was my free man win when I joined back. So as of right now, um, everything else is typically normal like it's i i have a driver's license again and so again these are all the things that you're using as this corporation of you which again never disappears when you when you have that free man status but you have to be so much more careful with what you do and i know it, you look confused it, ask me a question you look <laughs> you look like you need clarification no, just as to like when when you have to be more careful. I mean, you you have to be highly fucking cautious of what you do, regardless. So oh, yes. I I think that's that's more so, um, what we need to kind of unpack here is like what is the difference then? Uh, let's just say your day to day life. So let's say you in this moment, you wake up in the morning, you drive to your job, you work all day, you come home, done. What is the difference when you're you have that free man status? Okay, so essentially nothing, essentially. Um, but when you live completely as a free man without using anything to do with your straw man, it is a dramatic difference. So mm. if I, if I over the five years, if I had gotten severely injured, if I chopped off a finger, I don't know, I'm just trying to, I didn't, knock on wood, nothing had happened, it was great. Um, but if something like that happened, I would then have to go to a hospital. And obviously the benefit of being part of society is that you in Canada, you have healthcare, right? Mm. 
So as a free man, if I went to a hospital and I'm like, hey, my finger's off, blah, 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 they would have to bill me. So I would be directly responsible for paying that bill for mm. whatever, you know, whatever the cost is. Whereas again, the benefit of that society of being part of the Upper Canada Law Society is that you have health care. And the right. same thing with with welfare. So, you know, if you're if you're down on your luck and you need uh what do they call it now? Social assistance or something. If you need that, you don't get that as a free man. As a full free man, there is nothing, you, you know, you're essentially, I don't want to say yeah. you're on your own because there is a society, but you know, you don't have that luxury to just go, oh, okay, here's here's welfare or disability or whatever. Right. There are government benefits to these things. And I hear a lot of people go, well, as a free man, you shouldn't be driving on our highways then. And you shouldn't be, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I hear weird stuff like that. And um, most people, because they go, our taxes went into those and our this and that. And I was like, do you really know the full understanding of like where your tax dollars actually go? Do you actually know like, a lot of roads, when they were originally built, they were actually, they should have been charged directly to apparently tire manufacturers. It, it goes into like a whole other story, but um, mm. I don't want to rant on about it. The point is, the actual taxes most people pay is so minimally going towards our actual infrastructure, yeah. which is, it's terrifying. It really is. Um, you know, yeah. income tax, we, you know, I guarantee you already know this. Income tax is a temporary or a measure how long did that last? Like this yeah, is right. it's become insane. So most of these things that people want to like point at and be like, you know, oh, as a free man, you shouldn't get that or do this or whatever. You know, they're missing, they're missing the entire point. This is the fact that those people, you know, as a as a non-free man, those people are paying for these things and not actually paying what they think. The percentage of the dollar that they're actually, you know, they're handing over their singular dollar yeah. and only like. I think it ended up being like three cents of that dollar actually goes to infrastructure. Yeah. And it's like, what? Like most people can't like, it's like no, that's impossible. That's impossible. And I'm like, you gotta look up this stuff. This is most of that stuff is eaten up through politicians, admins, blah, blah, blah. Cause they're all supposed to be our public servants and yeah. everybody's pocket is being lined except for yours. Right. So anyway, I, that's my rant. <laughs> yeah. So, what does it do for your, uh, I guess, driver's license, birth certificate, health card, um, uh, all of that kind of shit? So let's just say right now, let, let's just, I guess, create a situation just for people to kind of make this really comprehensive. Um, so right now, let's just say I decide to go the free man route. What are the steps that I would take? What would it change in my day to day? Okay. So if you're going to live fully as a freeman without using a straw man whatsoever, uh, you will have to do your notice of understanding and intent. So everything in law is done by notices. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, well, I, I don't mean absolutely everything, but the vast majority of, of law is done by notices. Most people have no idea what a notice even is. If they pick up a parking ticket or a speeding ticket or whatever, you know, we see the word ticket. If you look at these things, it actually says um, notice of infraction. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So they're they're literally telling you right there that they are. This is how I like and want to notice this. They go like this: Hey, you, you over there, you did this that goes against the thing we all agreed we're gonna say like we're we're not supposed to do. That's what a <laughs> notice is. That's literally you know the police officer yeah. is 
is the witness to the breaking of that agreement, right? right? Or not witness and then comes along and says, oh, it looks like you did this. And so they, you know, they sign affidavits and stuff saying, yeah, that looks like they did this. Anyway, Mm -hmm. um, but to summarize it like easily for people, that's all these things are is a way of saying like, hey, you, I, I, I can say that you broke this thing we all agreed to. And so if you, you know, as a normal person, you'd be like, oh, okay, here's a, here's my, you know, here's my money to pay for the things I broke or did or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. But as a free man, you would say by notice, hey, you, I heard you think I did this, that everyone else agreed to, but I'm not in that group. That's the easiest way to put it. I know it sounds super simple. It is super simple, but it's also, of course, extremely complex. Because if you don't understand the foundation of that interaction, you will essentially be put through that back door again. That's where I'm saying, mm-hmm. like, you know, certain wording is if a police officer says to you, like, if they're if if by any chance somebody's arresting you and you know, and you're like, oh, I'm a free man, I don't understand what's happening, and you get arrested. And they say, they read you your rights. And then you say at the end, because they say, um, they say, blah, blah, blah. Do you, do you understand? The average person goes, I comprehend. So they say, yes. Mm-hmm. That is not what understand means. Even police officers, some of them do, but not all of them. Even police officers don't clearly know what they're saying. Because in the legalese terms, when they say, do you understand? They're actually saying, do you stand under my authority? Mm-hmm. And you, if you don't know what you're doing as a free man or whatever, you've just put yourself right back into their system, into saying, oh, I do agree with the stuff you did over there and the stuff. Right, was, you know, right. Okay. So you have to know just from a word that they give you, you have to know what that really means. And you have to know exactly what to say. No, I don't understand. No, like, or you say this is under duress and protest. I don't understand this is under duress and protest. Those are pretty, but again, you should know, you know, you, it shouldn't get to that point. <laughs> it shouldn't right, get to right. that point. A real free man, you know, not somebody who just watches YouTube videos and assumes they know everything. A real free man does so much studying that they would then feel comfortable in that situation. Mm. Not terrified, not terrified. That's one of the key things is the idea of an authority figure over you. It literally shakes people to their core. Yeah. Most people, if they get pulled over, they are shaken. They don't, you know, and this is, it's just kind of a fascinating psychology of how humans work. You know, if somebody has a badge and flashing lights and stuff, you start going, um, uh, uh, like it's, you know, it's being pointed out by the teacher to answer yeah. a thing that you don't know. Everyone, you know, uh, 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 so you have to know this stuff. You have to be comfortable. You have to speak with them calmly, collectively, or collected, calm and collected. Um, you have to know, you know, to say like the right things and when not to say anything. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I don't even know. I was like, did I answer your question? Oh, what did I, on a daily basis, right? So on well, a daily I, I, basis, go ahead. It, it's it's more so, so you would get these, are, are these just pieces of paper that you need to obtain that you're talking about? So you're, you don't, uh, you usually write them. There are kind of templates to do them. But you can, there, some of them are very specific to you. Like I have in my notice of understanding and intent, my claim of right, I claim my children. 
I claim, so a lot of people, again, you know, you don't necessarily know this. You already do about the birth certificate and blah, blah, blah. You're handing over your kids as chattel to the government. People Mm -hmm. sit there and think, and don't get me wrong, there are people's children who should be taken away from their parents. I'm not trying to justify abuse or anything like this. But there are a lot more people that are put in those positions where they go, hey, how is Canada Revenue coming or Canada uh, Children's Aid Society coming to my home and taking my kids under these these lawful orders? Right. How are they doing that? It's like, well, you've then registered your children. They are chattel to the government. They are now owned by the government the same way that you ask permission to drive a vehicle. If we all lived in a different way of like, oh, okay. I bought a vehicle and you just start driving it automatically. That's, that's, you know, that's a thing where it's the same kind of situation with your kids. You can't just, you know, in society, you can't just do those things and have no repercussions. Mm. So when you've signed over your kids to the government and you've signed over your, this is how cars get impounded. It's the same thing. They're chattel. So you, when you register your vehicle as a registration, you are asking permission to use a thing that you paid for and then you buy insurance for it to, you know, to be up to whatever. So there's a whole other thing of it. But um, the second you've done that, they now can impound your car. They can, they can, t- but like they can take it away from you because you've then said, Hey guys, I bought this, but I need you guys to tell me that I can use it. And then they go, perfect. So we're going to own it. You know, again, mm. most people don't see it affecting them directly because the average person's not having their car come taken away. Right. 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 You know, unless they've, quote unquote, broken the law, they usually just don't come and take your shit. So <laughs> this way, you know, people we've kind of become this kind of complacent society being like, oh, OK, this is how it works. You have to do it this way. When really it's the same thing with having kids taken away from parents and having, you know, cars taken away. It all means you've handed over the authority to mm. properly own own anything. I love that when I talk about Freeman, I don't know if you've noticed this or not. I do so much of this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but that's that's it's, what it is, right? It's it's it, you're speaking about basically walking amongst a group of people as the same species, but not under the same umbrella of society i guess so how does one uh, so if you write your own um what was that called again that you said notice of understanding and intent and intent okay claim of rights so when you do this I think this is where the lines become very blurry. It's like, does this need to be sent anywhere or are you just yes. writing this on a paper? Oh, no. And... no, 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 no. So, right. Yes. Okay. So the same way that a notice has to be given, right? So you have to, you have to have essentially like a confirmation of, of being notified, right? Mm. This is again, yeah. when a cop gives you a ticket or even when they put it on your car, right? If you got a parking ticket and they put it on your car, that's them saying they've notified you that this infraction occurred, right? So that's where, again, notices need to be handed. Like somebody could potentially fight, well, this thing wasn't actually on my car. I didn't get notified, blah, blah, blah. So somebody can fight those things. And sometimes they do win on that on that premise. Sure. Um, but you do, if you, if you are going through as a free man, first, you have to know every single line of your notice of understanding and intent claim of right. 
because you should be the one writing it and fully understanding and comprehending every single line. Actually, I should should have I should have grabbed it out and just showed you. It's about like five pages of legal legal size uh, paper. Um, and then, so after after you've written it, um, again, there are templates out there, but you should know the exact reason why everything is in it. And you can add your own things to it as long as it's within this, you know, kind of common law understanding of like, mm. again, I can own my children, but you know, there's, anyway, this is where, again, that two years of research comes in. I'm not just going to tell everybody, oh, just download a template, take it out and freaking go and like go crazy on it. But you right, do right. have to get it done and signed by a notary. Mm. So a notary public is the intermediary of both societies. Okay. So I was going to mention that because you said, oh, you're kind of walking around, you know, in this, in this like other society, but still being in the same area, like the still, like the same geographical mm -hmm. landmass as Canada. And there is an element of that being completely like that really is how it is. But to a certain degree, because if you have left one society, okay, so Upper mm. Canada Law Society, you right. cannot be a free-floating singular individual, okay? There's a very specific thing for this. You need to join another society. If you are a free-floating individual, picture yourself, uh, okay, you're on a dinghy in the ocean, okay? Because this is maritime admiralty law. You're on a dinghy right. in the ocean. Okay. You have one little ship and it's just you on it. Okay. What's what usually has to happen is somebody has to come and get you. You're just floating out in the middle of nowhere right. and then you board their ship. And when you board their ship, you then abide by the captain's law of that ship. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you've done that, you have then, you know, you are part of that society. So, if you leave one society, you have to have a group of individuals. So a society definition. So a group of individuals, uh, you essentially have to have like a set of rules and determination of like, okay, this is our, but I don't want to stress you guys out and think that you need to join something that has like a ton of people, but it is very difficult to be recognized as a society if you're four or five people to see where I'm going. So it's usually mm -hmm. easier as a free man to just join one that's already been built. I, sure. It doesn't mean it's impossible to build another. There's There are people who are constantly building different societies across the world. You can 100% do your own, but it has to be a collective of individuals, okay? I, I'm pretty sure it was eight or more, three or more, something like that. Um, again, I never looked into building my own society, so I, I didn't have to, that was wasted space in my brain at that time. Um, but then when you do that, they have to have a form of a, we use it loosely, a constitution of sorts. So again, mm. abiding by these specific sets of rules that everyone in the society has agreed on to, you know, to, to abide by. So, sure. and then getting that recognized by other societies is also pretty important, which is again, where that turmoil between, you know, the Canadian government, the upper Canada law society and the free man stuff has always been right. a bit of a turmoil because there is still, you know, understanding that there's, you have to be recognized. So our intermediary, back to that, is a notary. So a notary public is done by, um, like, there's, if you literally Google notary, right? There are people in, in like, that's their job. They notarize things. They get things stamped and sent and 
you know, that's their, that's their legal job is to notarize. And so as a free man, we go and talk to notaries to have that recognized by that society, by the upper Canada law society. See how that works. Mm. So we need that person to say, okay, this, this group of society says that, you know, they don't want to be part of this one anymore. So boom, here you go. You get that stamped. Then your next job is to send that to everyone that would be affected. So if you live on a day-to-day normal thing, you would send that to your local court. You would send that to the police department. You would send that to your politicians. Okay. I sent one to Stephen Harper. I sent one to, this is very important, especially where we are. I had to send one to Queen Elizabeth, literally Elizabeth, Mary, Alexandria, blah, 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 whatever I have. I still have the card that recognized that it was received, which is very important, right? You have to keep that stuff because then, then it shows just like any other notice, it shows that they had time to respond and chose not to, which then allows my notice to be recognized as lawful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is a key thing is most people don't realize that a notice is timed. Time is very important to legal people. Yeah. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen that. Oh, if you don't respond within seven days, this is going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. There are very clear reasons as to why that needs to happen within that time frame. So if I've given someone notice, uh, specifically my notice of understanding and intent, my claim of right, I usually give them a pretty wide window because no one's going to respond. So I normally give them a 45 day, blah, blah, blah here, send it off. Okay. So the likelihood I literally have heard from no one. And I sent it to my court, my police, my politician. I told you at the time, this is 2009 by the time I sent it um, and Queen Elizabeth and Obviously, nobody responded. This is how Canada Revenue couldn't come back to me and say, yeah, you uh, you have to do your back taxes. This is why they can't do that. Because I gave the proper authorities all the notice that they needed to know that mm. I wasn't participating in their society. So, yeah, you do have a couple steps to go through. Um, one being studying and then the rest being the, the actual, like, how to implement and go about getting everything quote unquote, you know, uh, lawful. So, mm. so okay. Uh, so I have done, you know, the, the paperwork that I have to do, I've sent it yep. out to everybody, given everybody their notice. Yep. Um, after that, what, what do you do with like your driver's license, your health card? Like, is all of that just moot? It's garbage now or essentially, essentially it's garbage. Um, you could, you can send it back. It is technically their property. <laughs> the, yeah, the one yeah. illegal is technically their property. So you can send it back to them. Um, I'm sure people think that's insane. Some people do. I, I don't think, I don't think I chose to do that. I think I was just like, yeah, whatever, just throw it out kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's, um, you essentially just live your life and you, so you have to understand there's certain things about, so your car, your car, again, you know, if you've had a vehicle and it's been registered, the same thing you have to go back and essentially deregister your vehicle, right? I still recommend insurance, which is very hard to get as a free man. <laughs> so yeah. How, how would you go about that? It's next to impossible. Yeah. It was um, at the time of my five years, um, I didn't, I didn't do like, I didn't have my own car at the time so I was like I don't I don't need to know about that 
but there are free right. men who do this, um, that you should, you know, again, this is where the two years comes in, study your freaking face off when, if you really want to do something like that, you should know this stuff. So there are apparently insurance companies that can do this, but mm. again, it's, it's such one of these, like, oh, you have to know what you're doing to do this. Um, but yeah, then you, cause you, you have a common law right to travel. That's where people go, oh, you can't drive a car on our roads and blah, blah, blah. You have a common law right to go from point A to point B, as long as you're not engaging in what's in, what's called engaging in commerce. Okay. The average person's not actually engaging in commerce, but it's the way that they kind of wrote the Highway Traffic Act and things like that. Mm -hmm. We talk about engaging in commerce. Um, Speed limits, all that. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, basically as a free man, you're not abiding by, excuse me, you're not abiding by acts and statutes the same way that somebody within society is. Mm. So... So you're, um, in some sense of the word, it's almost a religious thing. Um, you know, there is some kind of foundation to a lot of people who join the free man to be a religious thing, to be a sovereign, to be, you know, a, yeah, it's it's a whole kind of thing um, where these people, I say these people, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not religious. I do one of these because I always, I am, but I'm not. It's such a weird, my spiritual beliefs are just, most Same. people... So, no, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Okay. So, but with a lot of the pre-med stuff, they talk about being, a you know, like you have God-given rights and, and you know, and this stuff is inalienable sure. from, you know, from the divine, Um, you know, and again, like there is, there's foundation of when law was written that this kind of stuff, like what you mentioned, yeah. even with the occult and stuff, that this was kind of in the, in the, the, you know, real, anyway rambling but like in that kind of like foundation of law there is sure. still an element of it being a form of religious uh kind of thing so um anyway where was i going with this sorry I'm, i was rambling on about religion uh right. we were talking about like the car and and uh yes. commerce and all that yes um so there is that element of being um you know why i was saying about the divine and stuff like that because these people have this idea of okay you do have that, you know, you do have that right to travel. It's it's the common law aspect. So common law is a, it's a form of law. There is no getting around that. There is, I'm sure you know this stuff. Um, right. But there are people who call it like more of a God law. So God, you know, God given rights, God given law. Um, but basically it just means, I'm going to summarize it really horribly here, but don't be an asshole. Don't steal shit. Don't kill people. Don't like once you do these things, you can easily be put back into whatever society, you know, you're around just the same where if I was to go to Shanghai or wherever and I break one of their like a real like a really bad law, maybe mm. I don't even know it. But if I break, if I murder somebody in another country, I am then penalized under their code until this right. whole possibly extradition. Like that's again, again, it gets into politics and law and whatnot. Right. But, right. you know. You've you've done broken one of the big the big no nos the big you know that's why I said it's kind of God's law so just don't be an asshole don't do stupid things that's really what it comes down to um, you know because again those kind of people like if somebody's going to join the free men movement just to try and murder someone like you're insane like those that's insane that's insane to do why would, like don't put that right. on me. There was a sovereign situation that happened in the United States. I don't know if you've mm. heard of it. 
Did you hear? It was a son and a, a the, the father and son, and they shot and killed police officers. Yeah. And they claimed to be sovereign. And so they found all this, oh, these people were insane. This is one of the reasons why, you know, people were so antsy about free men and about sovereigns in general, because people like that who are literally insane, they talk about the free man thing. They, they do all this stuff. And then they go and do stupid you know, why did I blank out the word shit? They go and do stupid shit. So, you know, there's there's always going to be insane people, no matter where you go, no matter what group you're a part of, there's always going to be insane people. But mm-hmm. it just sucks when it, it sullies the name of real, like, people who are actively trying to, to you know, be left alone from the government and treat people who are trying to, you know, like, make a better future for their children and make, like, that kind of stuff. So it sucks when... Mm-hmm just come in and kind of ruin the whole thing. And then all of a sudden now everyone's talking about sovereign people because these, you know, people did horrible things. So don't do really stupid things, please. As a free. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that just, that, that should go without being said anywhere, man. Like it's just part of the human experience. Um, And I personally think that, you know, there's a reason that in all religions, there's these, uh, you know, whether it be the Ten Commandments or anything of that nature is basically just telling you, like, look, man, you don't necessarily need a law. Just don't be a fucking asshole. Right? <laughs> and it's it's pretty simple. Um, but when it comes to like work, what would you do for work then, considering while well, you're trying not to pay taxes? Now, how do you get paid? How do you how does all that work? So as a free man, um, I'll be straight up and honest with you. Most free men are entrepreneurs. Most of them, most of them get their money, you know, just being like selling whatever, whatever they can do as a service or whatever they can make as a a product. Most of the time, that's usually what it comes down to because the society is still so, you know, it's, 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 it's still too, I want to say the word fringe. Uh, to be recognized by using, um, you know, currency, currency in general, right? We we talked about currency before. You know, um, our Canadian currency is is, you know, they're going to say, oh, well, as a free man, you can't use that. You shouldn't use that. Blah blah blah. Like, get your own. <laughs> right. Oh. So, and there are there are programs that have been you know started, sometimes lost, sometimes whatever. But there is no you know, major, Hey, this is a, a free man dollar, a free man, whatever. <laughs> so it's still, again, it's still about integration and understanding that, you know, that we can still coexist. We, st- we still can have these kind of, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll use your currency. We'll do, you know, you, you have to give up like little on like the little things, right? Sure. But yeah. a free man, you know, again, most of the, most of the people, are in the movement they usually want to be completely self-sustaining so they usually want to to have a farm live somewhere feed their family from their farm Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and and be left alone so it's great but on on a whole it doesn't help really with the movement because we can't like that integration isn't really there so the people who do want to go to a normal job stop using my freaking quotes i keep doing this i'm like stop (laughs) i'm gonna sit on my hands Okay. So, <laughs> um, so the people who actually want to go and get a job, like a normal job, they 
they're going to butt up against, you know, oh, we don't, that's not a thing. We don't understand that. How is that even possible? That kind of thing. And so unless you have somebody, which I thought, like I said, my, I thought my ex-business partner was going to be like that. He clearly wasn't. Um, but unless you have somebody who's willing to understand it and willing to, to say, okay, well, yeah, you, you can be paid through us, you know, whether it's subcontracted, however, you know, there's tons of ways around it. Um, but you have to have the willingness. If you find a, a job, a, a boss, a, you know, a, co a company that could be understanding to that, you know, cause they're, they have like, there is a right to do this. You have a right to, to a livelihood, right? But it's having that willingness because again, you know, the fight is, is not only actually getting it done, but the knowledge behind how to, and mm. having these people, yeah. so I said, research, most of these things are very, you know, that's, it's intricate. You have to know these things before you jump in. Um, and so, yeah, at the time I was an entrepreneur and it didn't, yeah, it's, it didn't affect me at that time anyway, but there are people that do get affected by it. So, you know, I, so if it, it just to kind of touch on what you just said, um, so let's just say you and I decide to go into business together. Uh, you've done your, your free man. I haven't. Um, and we decide to open up said fucking bakery um how like what what would that agreement look like then with me being kind of on the book there i'll do it for you on the books <laughs> and uh and you not being um then how do we how do you integrate in in that scenario then yes so um if we have started a business from scratch it's it's a little easier to to do those things uh, sure. If we started, if we started as two free men, we're freaking laughing. There's no, there's no stopping that. Like that's, you just mm -hmm. run the business. Right. Um, but if one of us is in society and the other is not, that's, I said, you know, where that, where that difficulty comes, where a lot of people, the first instinct is to say, okay, subcontract me. That's it. So the, the business will, you know, allocate whatever funds, sure. whatever your cost is, whatever, you know, whatever your percentage is. They'll allocate that and say, okay, well, you know, I'll just invoice them. So as a free man, okay, cool. You just invoice them. It doesn't, it doesn't really go any different. Like they've then mm -hmm. paid you, right? And you as a free man don't have to pay your tax. There's like, there's no tax with the free man. So that's a simple one. And I, again, there's times where I thought, okay, well, that's the one I'm going to do with my ex-business partner until he's like, oh, yeah. no. Yeah. So Anyway, there was a crappy. And yeah. then, so let's just say with like, uh, you know, health and safety or, you know, ministry protocols and, and shit like that. Like, even if you were, uh, let's say you're both free men and then you you start this up and well, well, now you still have, you know, governing bodies to appease because you are selling, say, product from a bakery to the public. You do need to yes fall under no. like, you know, cleanliness and like there's got to be some sort of a standard because they're not just going to let you. I mean, because inevitably, unless you have built that place on your land, right, if you're just in like a fucking mall plaza, you really think they're going to they're going to be like, dude, like you're in the same row. You know what I mean? Of stores as all of these other people. This is owned by someone else. So how would you then get get around things like that? So there are a couple ways, um, mostly 
So it, in all technicality, you don't have to, but again, it's those little, those little fights, right? So it's that mm -hmm. little bit of like, you're going to take their currency. You're going to take it. You know what I mean? So, you know, part of it, I, I'd be like, yeah, just, just get certified, you know, do, do that right. kind of stuff. Right. But then another aspect is like, okay, well, if you don't want to go through the quote unquote governing channels to do that stuff, there are private companies that you could probably get to, to sign off and say, yeah, okay. They're certified like this is, you know, their form of certification and you can try and appease, you know, the, the middle ground. And mm -hmm. again, like notaries are important so that a lot of the business stuff, you know, you're, you're doing through, you know, you, you do have like, okay, right, I, yeah. I can say this is, this was certified by this group XYZ. So you have some kind of like, I want to say like to stand on because, you know, nobody wants to eat cockroach infested food. Nobody wants to eat like, right, exactly. Again, a lot of this stuff comes down to just be a smart person. <laughs> I sound right, like right. a horrible person, but be smart about it. Why are you going to yeah. feed somebody, you know, stuff that has rat shit in it or something? Like, just right. be smart. So the fights that you choose as a free man will always, always differ. Okay. Yeah. So picking the ones that are the most important are are going to be like again my kids is my chattel that was important to me that was highly important to me where you know having whatever like the restaurant the restaurant i i was like you know what the restaurant itself was so important to me that i rejoined society so i could start using my straw man so yeah. you know which is funny because i just ran for politics which is really funny because most people be like wait what because most people i'm i'm so integrated in as as this straw man that I've, I've almost been like, yeah, okay, right. I just ran for provincial, you know, an MVP position my second time. And they won't even, they'll never even freaking know or care that, you know, above all, I still am a free man. That's what this comes down to. I have, you know, this ability to, to play these both worlds. And it's, it, it could get me in trouble, but it is what it is. And for me, you know, being a free man, at the end of the day, like I said, is almost symbolic to me. It almost outweighs, you know, all of the other nonsense that people, you know, put on as this weight of society. I'm like, no, 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 I'm still a free man. I can still at any point in time be like, yeah. It, so if I was to be arrested, I don't know why I'm going to use arrested. I'm not going to be arrested. But if I was to be arrested, you know, I would literally hand over all of these documents. Because if they're coming to me and saying, hey, you know, you, Danielle Marie Height, you, you're being arrested, I'd be like, no, 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 wait. Here's my notice of understanding intent, my claim of right. What you're looking for, again, not not if I've broken, like if I've murdered someone, sure. I should be arrested. I'm not of playing down here. I'm trying to be like, you know, <laughs> but if I'm arrested, quote unquote, for something, the, see, I did the quote unquote. If I'm arrested for something kind of frivolous, kind of, you know, silly, um, I'm just going to be like, okay, cool. And then I'm going to hand them all of the government documents that I have. And I'm gonna be like, here you go. You be like, what? Be like, well, you're looking, you're looking for this. This is the person. This is the person, Danielle Height. Here you go. And yeah, I'm sure I'm gonna get that look. I'm sure people are gonna be like, what? And I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna explain the entire thing, whether to a police officer. Again, it's about being respectful, being, mm -hmm. you know, like making sure that you're not being belligerent in any sense. You know, sure. potentially, potentially calling up. You know, there's, again, there are some lawyers who understand this, some who definitely don't, 
mostly because it goes against their job. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, essentially you, you can get help if that's the case. Um, but again, knowing the stuff yourself is the most important. If I can ever stress that about the pre-med thing, I have to stress that one more time. Research, learn this stuff yourself. Do not rely on anyone else. Do not rely on videos. Learn this stuff yourself till you fully understand everything. That's it. Sorry, that's my that's my just my disclaimer. <laughs> so, where would people start to you know research all of this to make sure that they're very you know well read and articulated? Where 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 would they even go about learning? So first and foremost, um, you have to have a really strong knowledge of history. We we've already kind of went through that a little bit. So um, uh, just just real quick, would you advise that people read the Magna Carta just to get kind of like a, a good? Yeah, heck yeah. There's there's a ton of different like historical, like there are tons of different relevant historical texts that they should be understanding, right? Like right now, most people haven't even read or haven't even read the Canadian um, uh, Charter of Rights and Freedoms or our constitution. Most people, most Canadians don't even know that we have a constitution for Canada, for the government. Like most people have no clue. And I'm like, yeah, there's the constitution act. Like there is, there are sets yeah. of documents that are under this constitution that everyone as a Canadian should know. Um, but again, as a free man, you're not necessarily learning it to, to abide. Well, that's, that's where that blood, like blurred line is, right? Mm -hmm. You should learn this stuff to understand the rules. It's kind of like Monopoly. If you're going to mm -hmm. play Monopoly with somebody else who knows all the rules and you're just like, you know, being like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll do this. <laughs> you're going to lose. You're going to mm -hmm. definitely lose. So you need to learn as much as you possibly can about the rules within the game, the rules that they play in, okay, in order to remove yourself from it and to know exactly <laughs> what they're playing in and what you need to be doing to not play in that realm anymore. Do you mm. see what I'm saying? To not get trapped in that back door. I was right. Right. So even um, like what, what about firearm ownership? Like that's just basically going to be a no go unless you have just straight up illegal firearms. If you decide to be free man, right? Like you, you, you uh, there's, there's going to be really right. You know what I mean? That's going to be a very, very hard line to walk. But at the end of the day, learning how to use a firearm is it should just be a skill. Like at what point did that not book? It became something old oh, criminals like, well, fuck no, man. Like, dude, yeah. firearms are used for hunting. That like that that's as far as I'm concerned, you know, either sport shooting or, or hunting, and that's kind of where that line should end. And I mean, self defense should be the very last. And you're not allowed to say that, but I'm just saying that, like, you know, if if your life is about to be ended, I mean, shut the fuck up. No right. rational person is going to not defend their life, right? I mean, in Canada, uh, trust me, I, I know I probably know exactly what you're going to say about the guy protecting his mother who just got exonerated, which is crazy. I thought for sure that he was fucked, right? Uh -huh. Because I always think of that. I'm like, okay, so you break into my home. I assault the shit out of you because that's kind of how it goes because, you know, you could say, oh, well, was a life, you know, not worth as much to you as your stuff? I'm like, well, no, apparently my stuff was worth more to him than his life. So I don't know why he's here. Like, you can't flip this on me now. I didn't break into his home. He broke into mine. He chose as a man, as a grown adult to illegally enter my home where I have children sleeping next to me. 
So for one, my kids are here. For two, you've just woken me up. It's a fucking terrible idea, right? For anybody. Like, I'm, you're not going to wake up and be like, oh, hey, right? You're going to be I'm a little so fucking guy. pissed off. Cool. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. How, how how do you go about – this is what I'm trying to, to get through to people, right? Is Because now this is going to become something where they listen to it and they're like, okay, finally somebody's broken it down. It now seems obtainable, which, which, is, <laughs> which, is, which is good, right? Because it is. And I think that a lot more people need to recognize just how obtainable it is. But it also seems overwhelming. But I just want to paint a very realistic picture for people. Like, okay, let's say you're already a firearms owner. Now I'm handing in my pal, right, with all my shit. So now that means all that goes as well. Yes. So as a full free man, yes, that that does have to go, quote unquote. Um, I, I didn't own guns when I was a full free man. Um, so for me, it, again, there are these, there, this is why I said, you have to know, you know, your lifestyle and how this is going to fit into your lifestyle. So I know of free men who do own guns, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's that line. I, I never sat there and thought, okay, well, at one point I'm gonna, I'm gonna own guns. So I need to know how exactly you did it. Um, this is where the community of the free man society will come in very handy. Um, so it is possible. It, it, nothing, nothing with the free man thing is impossible. It's just how hard you're willing to work for it and how much, um, essentially how much of a bother, you know, are you willing to go through mm. to, to make it happen? Because this stuff is, and I have to say this, it is very difficult. I, I know I'm making it sound like the process is easy. It is not. Those two years of, of research, none of that is easy. There are people who give up and they just like, no, it's too much. It is overwhelming. So I'm not going to try and like, you know, I, I'm not here on behalf of the Freeman Society trying to get people to join. Like, that's not my that's not my deal. You know, even me living as a straw man right now, there's, there'd be no point for me to even do that anyway. Um, but there's there are things that you need to understand before you've taken that leap, that your life will become 50 times harder, you know, doing these things, you know, you watching everything you have to say or do, or, you know what I mean? Like you're playing a very, a very uh, difficult game. Mm -hmm. Right. And again, you have to determine for yourself if it's worth it. That's what this comes down to. You have to weigh the benefits for what your lifestyle is and I just told you there are benefits for being in in the upper sure. Canada. There's there's the welfare. There's hospitals and uh, you know like universal healthcare, whatever. There's there are benefits to doing that. So it's not about like just shitting on those people and being like, ah, you're all a bunch of sheep and fuck you. You know, it's it's not that. It's about being humble to understand that. Yeah, there's things that, you know, I won't be able to participate in if I'm a full free man doing X, Y, Z, or, you know, being the opposite, looking at free men and being like, oh, you know, you guys are all fucking retards, blah, blah, being like, no, you just need to learn more about law. So it kind of goes both ways about our different societies. And this is what I mean about integration. Like, you know, not not to integrate to, to take away from theirs or to take away from the free man, but to integrate knowledge and understanding of why someone has chosen this direction over that direction. Mm. That's what it comes down to where, you know, Robert Nard is one of the first people to talk about <laughs> this love, this overwhelming like idea of we're human beings at the end of the day. 
you know, we, we have more in common between us as, you know, average people than, you know, people who are running the world, puppeteering the world. We have so much more in common with our average man than anything to do with, you know, these people up here. And so, you know, there's an, there's an understanding and a respect when you're a real free man, when you fully grasp the, the, I want to say spiritual, when you fully grasp the, the true understanding of a free man, it is humbling. It mm. is understanding that you do have this, this power, this divine entity, this, whatever you want to call it, you know, that, that you do have that right to be a real free person. So, you know, do with it what you will, but again, comes back to what you've already said. Don't be an asshole. You know, mm-hmm. don't do stupid stuff. Right. You know, like why, why would as a free man, why would I have wanted to break into somebody's house and steal their shit or harm them? Like you don't, you know, so yeah, there's, there are things that have to be kind of worked out. There are things that you're going to have to do to, if you have a pal and how to relinquish things and how to, you know, deregister your car and blah, blah, blah. You, all of it has to be done humbly instead of arrogantly. You have to come at it with the thirst for knowledge, the thirst for, for, you know, realizing there are people you're going to talk to. There's people that, you know, if you go to the MTO or you go to, you know, can't call it Canada Revenue, there are going to be people who literally think you're insane. And you have to, instead of being like, what the hell are you talking about? You don't know what I'm talking about. You're freaking crazy. You don't, you can't do that. As a free man, you have to go. That makes sense that you don't understand this. And, and, you know, can I speak to somebody, you know, in saying like, it has nothing to do with you. I'm sure you're, you know, sure. you just don't know it. So being respectful to everyone is very important. And, you know, again, knowing what you, you have to know what you're talking about. You have to understand the legal aspect, right? The, mm. you know, legalese and understanding sure. you know, what this yeah. really is, but don't be an arrogant prick doing stuff like this. Because it's never going to benefit you. It's never going to benefit the movement of free man and the understanding of, of what we're trying to accomplish. So, yeah. So there are people out there who have done the, the I call it kind of like the minutia. They've done the giving back their pal and they've still owned, owned guns because, again, registering those things. Anytime you register, they can be taken away. Anytime. Mm. So, and honestly, you think that these people who are committing these crimes with with Um, like with illegal i hate the word illegal but with illegal guns you think they actually would give a crap anyway they're gonna do it no matter what there's there's no it's it's a lawless you know situation when it comes to actual criminal activity which again Mm -hmm. they're breaking common law they're they're putting people in danger and harm and you know like they're they are shooting people this guy we were talking about he shot at this dude shot at the guy's mom you see somebody shooting at your mom and you have access to a gun pretty mm-hmm. sure that's going to be your choice that's yeah. going to be like the average person is going to say hell no like i'm going to protect you know like you said if you have of kids course. in the next room you're going to do that so mm-hmm. being a free man is about understanding you know being humble enough to understand your responsibility to not only you to the movement and to to other people who don't want to live in this like in in the free man world they want to live in that society don't be disrespectful to their views either it's it's kind of like being religious like don't you know don't bring that crap to me but also don't you know don't force that onto other people so yeah sorry if i ranted on there for a minute but no it's all good all good um 
So there's also, I guess, just to really give people a good scope of, you know, I guess the different sects of uh, this this free man society. Um, I think you've broken it down in a way that, uh, you know, is very palatable for people and uh, is very digestible. Um, now, a lot of the shit that I see and I'm known for calling people out because there's some inside of me that bullshit just needs to be brought to the forefront. And if I got to be the bad guy, eh, sure. Um, but what we see is during the last three years of absolute bullshit, because that's what it was, is it just a giant heaping, steaming, ugly pile of horse shit? <laughs> it, it was all garbage. Uh, but what we saw was. These people who I guess practice this this common law that you speak of, um, and they do these real odd, useless, fucking stupid, time wasting events, um, where they will get a, a group of them and they will go to the you know the office of a mayor and they'll be downstairs reading eight fucking hours of rights on lives to people that aren't even there. Uh, basically just rotting the concrete off the building because even the building doesn't want to hear this nonsense. And then when you uh, tell them, oh, well, like, thank you for accomplishing absolutely fucking nothing um, and making people feel as though you're going to. And that's the problem is it seems very manipulative. Uh, and I, I really don't like that at all because it, it, it starts to give people this idea that there's this, you know, other grand solution and these people are going to go to jail. And it's like, well, dude, you have two officers standing in front of you right now that think you're out of your fucking mind. And you've never walked out with anyone arrested. You've never served anyone a notice, right? You've never done any of these things. Yeah. Like, why do you continue this, right? And, and I'm very much a person that, look, I'm a reasonable guy. I'm very reasonable. I'll listen to what you have to say, regardless of whether I agree or not. Like, let's, let's converse. I'm down. But these people, the moment they speak, you just want to be like, shut the fuck up. Just just shut the fuck up. Don't, don't say anymore. Just shut up. I don't want to hear you. I don't want, like, you've literally wasted eight hours of time doing nothing but then when you speak to them they look at you like you're retarded like oh but did you not hear what i know the problem is is i heard and nothing happened bunch of nonsense yeah right so it's like what is this other now i don't know if you know what it is but what is the the objective here what what the fuck is the goal with all of this whatever it's called yeah so um there are there are different facets of what you're speaking about. There are people who are trying to use the charter. There are people who are trying to use the, um, uh, what am I drawing a blank on the other? The Bill of uh, Rights. Thank you. The Bill of Rights. And there are people who the are Constitution. trying to. The Constitution. Yeah. So there's people, there, sure. there are different facets and different quote unquote laws. Dang it. I did the quote unquote. There are different facets and, and people trying to use different laws that they think are relevant. And, and sometimes they are and sometimes they're not. Um, but overall, you know, for the most part, if I see somebody filming something like this, I'm usually like, I'm they've already lost me. Because I'm usually like, mm, okay. Um, this the the real stuff is not gonna be filmed. The real stuff is gonna be just just action. So that's where I get all very, I told you earlier, there's gonna be people who put out stuff on, you know, on YouTube and be like, oh look. I'm a free man. This person's arresting me and this is what's happened. And I'm like, you're not really a free man then, are you? You don't fully understand this. Um, so 
the COVID one, I know that they were attempting to use a lot of, um, uh, what was their biggest, I think they're trying to do like the Nuremberg trial thing mm -hmm. and say it goes against sure. international law, you know, about using um, people as guinea pigs and such, you know, that kind of thing. Um, which again, so there's things that I, I, I want to commend the people who, who are doing these things. Cause to me, yeah, these people should be like the, the upper echelon. Of yeah. A thousand percent that should be arrested. They're most likely not going to be, but a thousand percent, they should be arrested. Whether yeah. that's Fauci, Bill Gates, whoever, you know, whoever perpetrated, you know, and again, anyone whose face, I, I never said this before, but I'm, because I said the word again, whoever's face you've seen is not the one pulling the strings. So if you've 100%. seen Fauci's face, if you've seen Bill Gates's face, if you've seen whoever it is, pick whatever. Dr. Kieran Moore, we already know he's a puppet, right? Whoever these people are, even Justin Trudeau, they are not the people running the show. So sure, you can go after them for likes, views, celebrity cred of whatever sort to be like, look, we're going to arrest them and, you know, put them to death. I've heard some bizarre stuff. I've heard some bizarre stuff. Um, again, I'm with the notion of it. I'm like, not, not to put to death, but I'm saying I'm with the notion of, yeah, they should be arrested. Do it, right? But the actual legal route that they've chosen to take, it's not viable. It's not. The same way that I told you before that, um, you know, as a free man, when you're living this lifestyle, it's never about the situation at hand. It's mm -hmm. always about the ramifications after the fact. Right. Okay. So there are things. There, there are people who go through lawsuits and go through... Um, you know, criminal proceedings and court cases and things like that, that happen all the time that do put people of power into precarious positions. But again, when you're working within the system that they have, that's their system. Right. They know, they know this so thoroughly that you're wasting your breath. You're wasting your time. They're mm -hmm. never going to feel the effects. And because, oh, here's a prime, here's a soundbite for you. Okay. The issue with these people is they truly believe. So the issue with the people who are going after them and saying, oh, we're going to arrest them and da, da, da. The issue, okay, is that they believe in one thing that has been proven time and time again. And they truly still believe that there is equality before the law. Yeah, I see you rolling your eyes. Exactly my point. These people, and, and it's it's such a, it's a beautiful sentiment. It really is. It's like, yeah, equality before the law. How has that been turning out for everybody in the last, just in the last couple hundred years? How has that turned out for everybody? Is right. it really, truly equality before the law? No, we're not dumb. We're not, you know what I mean? Like, the fact is these people right. who say that they're awake, right? <laughs> Even me, I laughed at myself because I ran for politics. I giggled at myself because I'm sitting there going, why not? Why not? Because I know that in, in many ways, that system is literally set up to be against free thinkers, to be against this narrative, like to be Absolutely. against anything but their specific thing. Yeah. Doesn't mean I don't like politics, but it's to me, I look at it the same way as I look at sports. It's bread and circuses, right? And so I chose to get active into politics, not because at the end of the day, yes, I think I'm going to become, you know, prime minister of Canada or, Premier of Ontario, not because of that, 
because I saw the voice of, well, I'm going to cry about this one because I saw the voice of the people who truly mm. do believe that they can make a difference in the system. Yeah. And it affected me. Like I love these people. So specifically mm. my, my party, the new blue party, they, the people who run it, Belinda, Belinda and her husband, well, Jim is the leader, but Belinda's his wife and she was a sitting MPP and to hear her speak during COVID you can you can Google videos and blah 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 or YouTube videos, and when I heard her speak, I heard from the core of who she is as a human being. She spoke to me. She spoke to my soul, and I was like, "Man, say I'm getting emotional." I was like, "Man, I'm like I don't care whether or not I believe in politics anymore because for the most part I don't." Um, I knew that I wanted to be a part of what they're doing because I could hear her humanity. I could hear her her true belief and and pure just pure being of thinking she can make a difference and i want to support that and that's what it came down to this is why i ran in two elections under the new blue not because i'm sitting there going yep i'm going to be a politician and this is how you know that's that's not who i am i ran because of the power that i heard from her voice specifically and from jim later i ran because i want them to have a platform that's it I hate politics. Politics is ridiculous. It's a bunch of dog show clown nonsense of like, oh yeah, we're going to promise you the world. Everybody knows everybody votes by color. It's like a paint by numbers thing. Everybody knows they're, you know, whoever they throw in the office next is usually just because they've towed the party lines and because they're painting by colors. That's what this is. So I'm not illusion. I'm not, I'm not living in this, you know, illusionary idea of, oh, politics, I'm really going to, you know, do whatever. But hearing these people, I I literally went, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Why not? Because for them, I will go. It's the same way of anything. I will I will put myself out there to be part of something, even if I don't believe in it. I'm going to put myself out there because I need these people to have that voice. And you never know who can be influenced by that. You never know, you know, who's listening to it. And, and I dare say, because we are all human, you know, there, there are liberals I spoke to. There are people that I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm against this and that and blah, blah, blah. And they went, me too. I am. I'm against that. And I was like, yeah, you are. But you're voting by, a, you know, paint by number party that you think, OK, I'll just vote for these because it's always how it's done. But I could connect with them on a human level and they can understand that there there are more in common, again, amongst the human, like against against the average person than there is with these people up here. So it's the same fight, whether it's a spiritual fight or, you know, or the political fight or, or a legal fight, it's the same fight. It's the fight for our own divinity, the fight for understanding who we are as people and, and the right to exist and to feel like we're being heard, not in a delusionary way. That's one thing I'm sure you've seen all over my social media. People come out and go, oh, I'm, you know, and I'm like, I don't care what you think you are, or what you, whatever, you know, don't put that kind of stuff. Anyway, that's a whole other rant, but, you know, be a human being, be a respectful human being, you know, don't, don't sit there and take a whole bunch of shit. I'm not going to sit there and have, you know, somebody who says they're a woman and showing their penis into a, you know, changer with my daughter. I'm not going to do that. That's not, to me, that's disrespect, right? So for me, there's the level of being like, no, no, I'm not going to knock the person out, but I'm sure as hell going to make sure that I protect my child from that happening. So I'm going to, mm. you know, make a big deal about it and I'm going to freaking be loud about it. But at the same time, 
I'm not going to go out and harm people. I'm not going to, you know, rule, you know. Anyway, there's a whole other rant there. But my point is, it's always been the same fight. The fight is for freedom. And I know this is going to sound like, you know, super, oh, I'm pulling a brave heart here. The fight is for freedom. But it really is. The freedom of our minds, the freedom of our right. hearts, and the freedom to be who we are without mental illness, you know, being involved. The freedom of being who we are as a collective and as individuals. That's what it comes down to. Hmm. So I think when it comes to just politics as a whole, I think that it's a, an entirely failed system that's been failed for too long. Um, I've never voted uh, ever because I understand that even the etymology of the words, like it's all just an exchange of energy. That's why you go to a polling station. That's where electricity is, right? Positive and negative poles on a battery. You, you, you know, elect somebody into their position, right? It's all to deal with power and your, like the humans, you know, electromagnetic field that we radiate and how you can kind of consume that in people by getting them to vote on a system of like, Oh, who's your overlord. It's like your mom, buddy. Like, no, you know what I mean? It just, it seems so stupid to me, but I do believe in hierarchies. I do believe in, uh, you know, structure and, and stability coming from structure. And I think that the first time that I ever voted was, uh, was it 2021? Or twenty two. <laughs> uh, I I went into my uh, I guess the guy who was in the riding for my city out here in Brantford, and um, it was just one of those things where like you know, I was a very prevalent voice when this whole thing started, uh, and then you know became somebody in my hometown that people could like rely on, um, just solely because of my ability to articulate things and kind of get into somebody's head without you knowing them there. Um, so I decided to listen to what this guy had to say. Um, very just personable dude that was very likable. Um, he shook my hand like a man, which is the first I knew that if I shake your hand and you, you put it out like this and you're a dude, we just, there's nothing to talk about. Um, but he shook my hand like a man and, uh, genuinely gave a shit. And all he wanted to do was just, you know, try to change, what he's seen around him. And it was kind of like, you know what? I mean, really what's the, the voting station is two minutes from my fucking house. I'm going to walk in there and I'm just going to, whatever you write in a piece of paper, you kind of like do a little scribbling. Um, and it was crazy to see him not like none of the PPC candidates get a seat. And I was like, Oh, that's what this is. Right. Like this is just confirming everything. And it was more so for myself to kind of say, you know what? I've at least done it. You know what I mean? I've at least came in and said, you know what? Like, I don't believe in politics. I don't believe in the PPC. I don't believe in Max Bernier and his, you know, Mr. Sworn to the Crown, because that's what they all are. They're not sworn for the people. They're sworn to the crown. They, they're they're owned, you know, they're selected, not elected. Like, that's how this works. That's why it's like Trudeau needs to go. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, OK. <laughs> like, I don't think you understand where this road leads. You're literally going to take all of his ideas with a different face and put him there because it's not the person that's in the building. It's the building itself. It's the chair that's in the building that he sits yes. in. The podium that he stands on is yes. owned by like that dude is quite literally bought, paid for and owned by whoever's running the show right now. You and know, Oh, you think it's, exactly. you think it's Klaus Schwab. Do you like, yeah, it's but not even close. It goes right. You it goes way beyond. Right. Right. He's just the, 
you know, the, the mastermind, you know, that kind of looks like that dude that, uh, you know, remember that movie, uh, uh, Master of Disguise, I believe it was the turtle turtle that that's exactly what it reminds me of just with this really sinister fucking German accent. Um, but when you see these people and, and, and you recognize that even if you believe that he was the one that was running, you know, the political writings. They've admitted to you what they're doing and they've just used him to do it. They told you that they're just planting people all into that system. And I think this is a conversation that's worth having Um, because I was one of those people that was pretty angry about everything that was happening as well, but angry in the way of it's, it's tricky to explain to a female because the female is very nurturing and, and wants to handle things in a much more, converse you know they want to have that conversation and that dialogue where i'm just like fuck it blow it up you know what i mean like that's hey man like it's not working (laughs) right you're harming people like you gotta go and i don't mean you gotta go like no go and i don't want to see you again like no no like nuke it right that's kind of where i was at i do have i have one of those pedophiles i will literally that's the one thing on in anything in any capacity that i will literally murder someone myself pedophiles yeah, but I mean, that's something, too, that, like, you know, as a society, regardless, I mean, just I think just humanity, uh, never mind society, it goes way beyond that when it comes to children and 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 you somehow, I don't give a fuck if you were born, if you were born with it, then you need to go and, I guess, reincarnate and have another try, right? Because I just, I don't believe that you belong here. I think that you were born as a fucking cancer and you need to leave. And I don't think that by... And this is what I said about this acceptance movement from the beginning. I've hated it for fucking years, right? Ever since this started when I was like in high school, starting to recognize like, wait a minute, we're accepting this shit. It's like, well, you can't be a bully. It's like, well, like, fuck, I can't. I am. And I'm going to continue to do it because this shit, I know exactly what this is going to lead to. Because, okay, yeah, you accept. Because how how did all this happen? At first, it was like, well, we want to get married. We're all like, yeah, all right. Cool. You love who you love. Yeah, fuck, I agree. And then it was like, oh, you know, and then progressively, oh, well, we want to get married and you need to support it. And I'm like, eh, how about you just get married? But we're still okay, (laughs) right? And then it's like, well, now you need to support it and fund it and we want a parade. And I'm like, bro, this is an awfully colorful parade and you're using the streets that all of these taxpayers pay for. And then it's kind of like, okay, well, now we want to get married. We want to have the parade and we want to be half dressed in the parade. But you need to make sure that now we're allowed to bring children. And that's what I'm kind of like, you know, I, I, I firmly believe that what they're trying to do right now. And and I, I genuinely believe this to the, the very core of my being. They are trying to frustrate the masculine so much that they do something completely fucking irrational and just go somewhere and eradicate an entire parade of people so they can say, ha, you you homophobic, transphobe, all the shit. Like you could call them the names, but it's going to lead to some sort of a giant fucking atrocity eventually because you cannot continue to do this to people. And the amount of people that I'm constantly talking off the ledge just like, yo, bro, like, calm the fuck down. There's a way around this. But that's they they all agree. No, the kids. And I'm like, bro, I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. But we need to beat them at their own game. Yeah. And unfortunately, politics isn't the way. So even though you've ran for politics and, and you know how shitty it is and you believe in the people that you're 
you're choosing to, to, to kind of place your faith in. Where do you see that going? Like, do you see them? Is there a part of you that looks at them when they speak and like, fuck, like it, it sucks that you're such a good person, but you're just going to get ran over by the system. And do you find yourself just being, what I see is this. I feel like right now I'm speaking to somebody who is, um, who stands proud in her, in her feminine and has no problem supporting something that she really knows deep down isn't going to go anywhere, but you could still give that support, right? Like it's such a motherly nurturing, you know, kind of thing. Whereas like myself is kind of like, well, let it burn. Like your, your energy is going to be so much better, you know, elsewhere. So what do you see happening with them? Like if, if you were to be real right now about the new blue part, like what do you think happens with them? So what I think, think is going to happen with them versus what I obviously wish and hope will happen. Right. Clearly right. different things. Um, the thing is this, this is the battle. This is the, the age old battle, the dichotomy mm -hmm. between good and evil, right mm -hmm. and wrong, you know, black and white. And in my head, my spiritual belief kicks in. My spiritual belief is, you know, probably, okay. There's something you probably never, you probably never watched this movie. There's a movie called The Last Mimsy. Nope. Does yeah. it sound like a little bear or something? Like a little. It's it's a little rabbit, actually. Yeah. So is it? Mimsy rabbit. Yeah. But the point as to why I'm saying this movie is because in The Last Mimsy, so it's it has this really beautiful spiritual undertone to this movie. It's a kid's hmm. movie, by the way. So if you do have kids, you should watch it with your kids. Um, so it has this beautiful spiritual undertone where essentially, you know, the, the storyline is uh, these humans have polluted their, themselves. They've polluted society. They've polluted their bodies. They've polluted so much that they are literally living as alien. Like, so, you know, what we deem as aliens, right. They're living through these breathing masks that are very, you know, alien like and blah, blah, hmm. blah. And they actually sent back, they teleported this, this rabbit, they teleported back, you know, it's a time traveling slash teleporting rabbit. They, they I have seen this movie. Okay. okay. I have <laughs> seen this movie. Good. And so there's, there's this, you know, for the people who haven't seen it, there's this, uh, they teleport it back and they end up um, needing the DNA of an un, you know, unadulterated, uh, you know, human, you know, that has this like perfect DNA, not, not perfect, but like a, an original form of, you know, mm -hmm. DNA that they could then essentially right. genetically save themselves in some sort in the future. Okay. And so, you know, it is kind of like a sci-fi type thing. And, yep. um, but there's an element of a spiritual realm where in the future that they flash to, they're having this discussion with these children around this beautiful landscape. So it's kind of like, you know, the sound of music, the hills and the fields and all this other stuff. And they're having this, you know, they're discussing their their origin story and how they they save themselves, um, but they're talking telepathically mm. to you know to these kids while they're telling the story. And then the kids literally, so again, it's it's sci-fi because the kids literally float home. <laughs> like, there's you know, oh now they elevate and what you know, but there's this this really you know pure beautiful undertone of spirituality for me. I, I mentioned before that my spiritual beliefs are. You know, mm -hmm. a little, a little out yep, there. I get it. Some. And so this movie kind of brings that, that same kind of 
uh, hopefulness, that same kind of, you know, the, the reason why when I listened to Belinda speak on, you know, on whatever YouTube thing that I, I came across, why I could hear her humanity and why I was drawn to it. I could hear, you know, there are people in this movement that I, I straight up can tell, okay, you're fake, you're real. That's it. So yeah, Maxine Bernier, it's not the Maxine Bernier show, right? You can see like, you know, he's, he's a politician through and through. Pierre Polyev, politician through and through. You can hear this facade they put forward. Yep. And when I heard Belinda speak, I can hear a real human being that right. you know that has this this hopefulness, this dream, you know, of of uniting. And that's you know whether it's the the Chris guy, you know, all of these other people, they have all this ego. There's mm-hmm. so much ego involved, and it's cringy, and it makes me be like, why? Like you don't have to do that. So I I do have whether it's you know being naive or whatever or, or just you know being hopeful. I I have this this overwhelming desire to see the people like Belinda to see a vision of a different world so because you asked how I see you know how I see this party Mm -hmm. progressing I truly if 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 all goes well with my my construct of reality I want the reality of the last Mimsy of this unified human race to be why are we bickering and dividing and you know this whole like you know, butting heads against each other when we are human, we are, right. uh, you know, this, we're this wonderful spiritual energy, you know, collectively, there's mm-hmm. literally no difference when you break it down, you know, whether it's on the atomic level, when we talk about quantum physics, and we talk about how, you know, like, we're literally just empty, empty vessels, because most like Adam, you know, we're, we're empty space, making up this human material. So whether it's space, time and form, and how that comes about, or on the spiritual level of understanding that, you know, we we have, uh, you know, if energy is never created nor destroyed, there's only one, mm-hmm. and we are all one. So however, you know, even though I'm talking to you through this, you know, device right. and blah, 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 at the end of the day, whether you, you know, whether you believe this or not, it doesn't matter, because to me, I'm you, you're me, that's it. Mm-hmm. So when I have these, you know, grandiose feelings of like reality and where I perceive it to be going, I'm holding on to the last Mimsy's view, you know, because I put that out there. I, I know I didn't write the last Mimsy, but I put that out into consciousness, into that being a reality that I'm going to go. Yeah, that's the one I want. Yeah. I want the one where we're, you know, <laughs> we're united and we're having, mm-hmm. you know, more of a, a spiritual understanding of, of who right. we all are. Yeah. And and with that being said, man, I think you fall into my area of spirituality in in probably more uh more of the you know, we are like the spark or the source or whatever it is that animates us. Um and without us, you know, that no, nothing exists. I mean, if I was to destroy all religion today, would it come back the same? I, I a thousand percent guarantee it wouldn't. But if I was to take all that away, we would still exist. I mean, and you got to think about it, right? It's something that I uh, I brought up to um, actually was a pastor that I was speaking to, and he was trying to dispel all of my theories. And and what I explained to him was just like, look, man, even your book, the Bible that you read, I was like, I believe in the universe. I believe in one universal law of everything. I believe that, you know, all of us are, look, when you go to a funeral, funerals are are kind of lame in a sense. I mean, I'm just looking at the physical vessel. I'm not looking at the person I knew. 
the person I knew, the consciousness of that person is now gone. Like the, the, the that that energy that we shared, the bond that we shared, the whatever it was that we created. I believe that that's what we, whatever we call God or Allah or whatever. Cause I mean, I could go on for days about Allah being arm, leg, leg, arm, head. And they're just talking about the, you know, five pieces of us and it's all us. And I explained to him, I was like, well, if I believe in the universe and you believe in one God and your book has verses, well, uni one, and you're reading from the verses to teach you how to move through the world, you know, through this universe as being a piece of consciousness and it's kind of guiding you. I believe that it's just like one of the first self-help books and nothing more, right? It's just supposed to be something that you read and kind of, you know, learn how to construct your thoughts and, and how to move through whatever this is. Um, so it's, when you talk about the, 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 the spiritual aspect of this, I think that that's exactly what it is. I mean, whether it be prayer or manifestation, whatever you want to call conjuring up your version of something. I mean, they've done plenty of studies where they take like just under 10% of a population and get them to, um, you know, start to meditate and, and you know, really start to focus on one thing and it changes the trajectory of the entire society. So it's like, while we think that like we need to have, you know, a majority of the population. It's like, nah, man, you just need people who are so comfortable in themselves and their spirituality and their connection to whatever one is to change the entire face of everything else. And it, it seems like this really outlandish idea. And I'm like, well, it's not though. Cause look, man, I'm not a seven foot tall, fucking 800 pound being, but when I walk into a room, you don't need to see me to know that I've arrived. Because I have a way about me. I have an energy that I carry about me that makes people want to open up and, and speak. And it's weird because I'm not a people person. I don't really like peopling. <laughs> but when it comes to people who are, you know, coming to you and they're not just like, hey, the weather or, oh, this is how many fights I've been in. All the dumb childish shit you hear when you go out places. When it's somebody who's like, hey, man, I'm genuinely experiencing this roadblock in my life. And... I don't really know what to do with it. And I can kind of pull your head out of where it is and be like, look, man, there's this giant game that's being played around you. There's this ether and you're this little tiny speck inside of it. Right. But what you need to understand is that you have a giant impact on how that entire ether runs. I think that with with life being the way it is, I try to tell people, pretend you're looking at a guitar, but lengthwise in front of you, where you're kind of at the base of the guitar and it's running like almost, you remember like Guitar Hero, how like the frets are all along the screen. And life is just this giant series of like vibrations and, and you know, decisions. And you're kind of just hopping along these strings to try to get to the end of it and playing whatever frequency you feel is like leads you closer to, you know, whether it be... Uh, whether you know, what is it like love or or consciousness or whatever that you know, gratitude being <laughs> the biggest one and when you start to you know relay that to people that's why you can spot this politician for what she is because she's not a politician right you can you can feel that gratitude like when you when you hear pierre polyev speak i i've never politicians are typically annoying but Pierre has the most, and no, this does not mean that I want to physically assault the guy. I am simply just making a statement. He has an extremely punchable face. <laughs> I don't know if it's that he looks like Millhouse from The Simpsons or if I'm just tired of talking about the cost of butter and milk. 
um, when there's all of these giant issues that really need to be addressed. But it goes to show you that, you know, all of these people that have the faith in this conservative or liberal party, I'm like, dude, it's all designed to destroy you slowly because this is politics in a nutshell. This party gets elected. And then they say, well, hey, guys, we need a little bit of your freedom to combat the fuck ups of the last administration. And then next election comes. The other administration gets in. They say, well, this administration fucked up. So I need a little bit of your freedom in order to combat their fuck ups. And next thing you know, you have no freedom. And the whole administration is now all this power over you. And I think we've arrived. Right. So what do you think is the most important part? Of this entire battle, if you had to, because there's the spiritual side, the physical side, the mental side, the the politics, the wars, the all the shit. What do you feel is the most important part of all of this on an individual basis? Okay, great question. Um, first, firstly, I'm going to say two quick things about politics before we finish off with that subject, because it's definitely not going to be politics as the answer for what I'm going to say. <laughs> sure. One, the definition of politics. Okay. Poly meaning many and ticks mm -hmm. blood sucking insects. Mm -hmm. There you go. Two, right wing, left wing, same bird. Same bird. There you go. So those two things is kind of like the motto that I live my life, which is funny because I'm I grew up liberal, went conservative, ran conservative. So to me, it's a joke, but the whole point to life is to experience. So the entire purpose is to go through these you know, the shifting of energies of like, oh, well, am I that? Am I this? And, you know, that's the whole point. Not not where you end up. It's that. It's actually experiencing. So for me, the end of the day, it's always going to be a spiritual realm. So, but I will say mm -hmm. this, the bridge, I, I learned this in Vipassana. I don't know if you know what Vipassana is. It's a form of meditation. It's a 10-day silent retreat. And you go off and you meditate from four in the morning to nine at night for hmm. literally the entire time. <laughs> wow. You don't talk to anyone. There's It's silent, so there's no speaking. Yeah. Sure. But in Vipassana, it taught me something that, um, that I think was more dismissive in my earlier understanding of the spiritual realm. Earlier in my spiritual understanding, because I'm a twin, I'm an identical twin. So oh. I've, I've been born with this you know wonderful gift of understanding what it's like to be one consciousness in two right. separate bodies, right? To understand that, you know, in that sense, I can feel her pain. I can read her mind. She still, we, we still do till this day. So I had kind of a, a pre, you know, pre-taste that most people don't get. And so for me, the spiritual element, I've always had it. You know, I remember being eight years old. I remember looking at my friends and I remember being, none of you exist without me. And it wasn't right. arrogant. It wasn't about arrogance. It was literally about, you know, the most humbling way you could possibly be about your perception of reality right. and who yeah. you manifest into life and, and all this. Anyway, that comes back to the whole being a capital G God, right? That whole thing is like, yeah, you do, you manifest and, man and bring these people, these, you know, other perspectives, you know, in. So the whole thing comes down to uh, understanding with Vipassana, there is a, there is a physical element that I had always dismissed on the spiritual side. Vipassana taught me that the, the physical is the bridge to the spiritual. Yeah. It is actually the route. I didn't understand this at first because I'm like, no, no, spiritual is just all up here. And it's, it's mm. about shedding. It's about shedding our physical and blah, blah, blah. The only way to really understand that is actually through the physical. Mm. So Vipassana, the main teaching of Vipassana is to focus on your nose and focus on your breath. 
So you minimize every form of sensation and you you pinpoint the the feeling of sensation to such a fine-tuned machine that I when I when I was meditating, and I don't normally just tell people this, but when I was meditating. I could feel my heartbeat from the inside of my body. Yep. Literally the, the ventral, like everything, I could feel it pulsing. I could feel it pumping. I felt the electrical signals, the electrical pulses from my spine running yeah. up and down. I felt every atom in my body essentially to, to the core of being empty of dissipating. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I quote unquote, I, I died in many mm -hmm. ways, Sure. you know, and, and yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't scary. It wasn't whatever. It was so overwhelmingly beautiful that I literally, this was like five years ago, maybe, no, this is like eight years ago that I still get emotional because it was such a, just a beautiful experience. Sure. Um, yeah. That again, understanding now that the, the physical is that bridge, but at the end of the day, nothing can take away the fact that the spiritual is the overarching. Everything within this reality that we perceive, everything has the duality. So it's in space, time, and form. Everything, politics, any like literally the the Illuminati against us, the whoever it is against us, none of that exists in the actual realm of the spiritual oneness. Right. There's yeah. no duality. So so for me, there is no like, oh, in this side about that side, and this side about that. There is none. It's one thing, and that that will always, always be the fact that you and I are the same entity. We are just experiencing this reality in different perspectives. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's a very powerful message for people because everybody seems to like to focus on the you know, 5% that we disagree on rather than the 95% that like, dude, I could sit down with damn near, uh, let me rephrase that. I could sit <laughs> down with most people and just talk, man. Like if we're all at the cottage and we're all just doing cottage shit and politics is never brought up, you could take people from any, any, you know, color, religious origin, political belief, whatever it is. And we're just having a good fucking time. The only time we disagree is when we bring up politics. Now, there's a line. If you expect me to call you a soccer ball because you go fuck yourself where we're not. I don't care where you stand. Yeah. You you need to just I, I don't know where you need to go. Just keep it away from me and my family. Right. That's but those, that's where I'm at. Those people are us, including the ones I already said that I myself will murder. Even pedophiles, they are our, and, and this is only speaking on that spiritual level, they are sure. part of our consciousness to give us an understanding sure, of the yes. duality of reality, to mm -hmm. give us that, like, so if, if there were never anything bad happening in the world, we would never understand, you know, or we'd be very bored with the goodness. We, because mm -hmm. good and evil, again, are dualities. Of so in the, in the truth of all of reality, we are the Justin Trudeau, the pedophile, the, you know, we Everything. are the same entity. We mm -hmm. are the children who are, are, you know, taken advantage of by these sure. people. We are yep. all of it. So in that sense, you're right. Hanging out at a cottage, not having any of the minuscule things. Cause truthfully, most of this stuff becomes a joke in life. Everything becomes pretty humorous. When you start, if you live in that reality of understanding who we truly are, even the three man stuff, I just spent, you know, two hours talking about whatever it is. All of it becomes 
a moot point. It becomes humorous. It is. It becomes, yeah. you know, an experience of, of us as humans in, in this idea of, oh, somebody has authority over me. Somebody, it, no, nobody does because it's all you. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's all you experiencing mm-hmm. yourself in fractional knowledge. That's it. Yeah. And, and all of those things, right? Like there's a reason that I can't stand, you know, pedophiles and all that is because at the end of the day, man, if it's available to somebody's consciousness it's definitely available to you. Right. So that it's just the part of you that you can't stand. And that's why it's so fucking disgusting. I mean, you have the ability to think about it. Right. And yeah, you are your thoughts, but you're also not your thoughts. Right. Like, and that's, I think that's more of that, uh, you know, duality that, that I like to, you know, give to people. It's like, when you look at good and evil, like, look, man, they weren't even crafty with the name, like devil take off the D is evil. God, you take off one O and it's, you know, that's God off of good, right? Like it's just good, evil, God, devil. Like (laughs) it's quite literally laid out for you. Right. But what I need people to understand is that both of those are you and we need to stop running from the dark. Everybody runs from fucking darkness. Everybody's been taught that anger is terrible. You should never have a bad day. Depression's bad. Anxiety's bad. And I could go over a two hour conversation and just these emotions and what they actually mean for the self and what they are and how to identify them. But it's easier to just give you a synthetic emotion and a pill to shut you the fuck up and tell you that the dark is bad. You can never get mad. It's like, well, no, if I can experience it, then I was meant to. It's all a matter of how I balance those things out. But anyway, we're going to end up going on for like another three, four hours if we start getting into all of this shit. Um, So I'm going to just just kind of close this with the question that I ask every guest, and I'd like to continue it as long as this podcast goes. And that is, if you could tell the world one thing right now that would change it fundamentally, what would it be? Anicha. It's <laughs> Anicha is a term used for the ebb and flow of life. It's a way of saying that no matter what we do, you know, no matter what our perspectives end up doing, that the experience will always and forever be changing. That's it. Mm. So it fundamentally does change reality. (laughs) Mm. So whether that means on a small level of you holding on to something, you know, and having to let go and, you know, you think to yourself, okay, I need you. It has to, you know, you have to ebb and flow. Or whether you think on the grand scale of like, hey, really at the end of the day, you know, without sounding nihilistic, none of this really matters. (laughs) Mm-hmm. whatever that is it still it still holds true because it talks about the fundamental truth of reality that is ever changing it is mm. always ever changing nothing is ever stagnant mm-hmm. and uh you know th- there's an old quote in stoicism that says that no man ever steps in the same river twice for it's never the same river and it's never the same man and i think that that's something that uh you know, just the, the the concept that that you know th- they both go hand in hand. What you just said, that one word, and and that 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 stoic quote, like who knows how far back they go and what sides of the world they originated on, but it's pretty crazy how it's always the same message, right? On how to kind of understand, <laughs> right? Everything's always one. So, man, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you coming on. And um, yeah, we'll definitely pick this up in the future for a much more, uh, I guess, spiritual conversation. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you guys for tuning into my podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Real Seven Show. If you guys would like the video versions of the podcast, you can follow me on Rumble at The Seven Show or on Rockfin at Real Seven Show. Be sure when listening to leave a five star rating and review on the platform that you are listening on. Also, make sure to share this podcast with your friends and family. It helps the podcast grow more than you guys know. And until next time, this is The Real Seven Show.